everybody, welcome to episode 46 of the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP podcast is brought to you by Wrangler, along a live a Cowboys. What's up, dogs? Good to be back. Episode 46. It's been hectic getting us all together. Lots to talk about today. Bull riding action, hockey action, tons of shit on the go. Boys are headed to the school. We got Scott Byrne with us. With young Braden as well, so we'll get Braden to chime in here a bit as we go. But Scott, what's up? How you doing, man? Yeah, good. Busy, busy as always. And uh, yeah, me and Braden are Braden and myself. We're headed to uh, the Zane Lambert Bull Riding slash Scott Burn Bullfighting School in Siksika. Braden's taking the school along with nine other students. So yeah, we're excited. We've been we've been kind of grinning and get to go on a road trip together. So. We're westbound and down, about five hours fucking behind schedule, but we're headed west. <laughs> yeah, she's been a busy, uh, a busy couple of days trying to get everything lined up. We don't have Jason with us again. He's fucking world traveling across to who knows where doing hockey shit. But Braden, you're fucking better to have anyway. What? Uh, how did the school go for you last year? <laughs> well, I, I had a little nap in the arena. <laughs> none of that. None of that this year. Hey, we're good to go. Oh, yeah, we're good. We're going to keep the head on a swivel this year and not get fucking KO'd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. So where are you guys at? What's on the on the go? You guys had a busy morning now to the school. Uh, Scott, you going to fucking maybe try to bust out again, smash a few 90s, or what's on the go? Well, I'm not going to be 90, but I did pack my cleats. So. Yeah, he did tell me to pack his cleats. Packs the cleats, huh? Holy shit. You're going to get back out there, see what it takes, show the boys what's up, or will we be fucking checking in in two weeks from now and Scott's hospitalized <laughs> fucking broke, <laughs> broke something down or what's going down? Well, it could go either way. That is that is true. So uh, I don't know. You know, you know what? Sometimes um, when you're teaching, there's always that one student's like, well, show me how you do it. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready to show them how to do it, but you know, it's just good to be as an instructor. If something really goes south as Braden last year, when he got knocked out so bad, I mean, not only was the instructor, I was also the dad and I was the yeah. first one there to pick that bull. So what the hell may as well be in cleats and not loafers or, or, or cowboy boots, I guess. So yeah, no shit. Yeah. Do you got uh, do you got Prescott or anybody else coming again or who's your who do you got coming for the crew there and bulls and all that sort of stuff? Uh, Zane lined up all the bulls. Uh, Nansen's gonna bring some down, just some younger good ones, you know. Um, uh, yeah, Prescott's gonna be hanging out with me as well. Um, you know, we're gonna have lots of help around there. And last year was a really good school, and Zane does a good job. But I give all the credit to him; he organizes it all pretty much, and. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. I think he's got just about tw- just about twenty students as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a busy weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, that'd be good. Zane always does a he does a good job with all those schools, explaining to the kids and not talking above them, but like talking to them. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's good that way. Well, that'll be fucking good, boys. Sure, you guys won't have any fun. That'll be a, a ripper <laughs> of of. Uh, of a time, uh, Braden, what's going on with you, bud? You're done school. Scott always fills us in that you've been working and stuff now. What's uh, what's shaking in your world? Yeah, just trying to get through my last couple months of high school and working at the feed mill in Brandon there and saving up some money for next year, whatever that has in line for me. So, fucking game on, bud. Game on. Oh, yeah. 
it's it's funny as a as a parent you know the future you look at them and you think back to when you were that age and they got so many options right and <laughs> like one day one day he's going to college the next day he's nah maybe i'll just go down a rope in arizona all winter for a year you know just yeah. so many options <laughs> gotta live it live it while you can that's no shit oh uh, i had a pretty good couple weeks man i ended up going out to uh to Calgary. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but uh, hop to bird, went to Calgary, went to see former guest of the show, Josh Matson, play a little puck out there against the Calgary Flames. And uh, pretty cool experience, man. Pretty cool to to see him fucking rolling. That team's killing it. I don't know if they've lost since we've since we've been out there, but really hot team. Cool to see him hopefully make a run for run for well, a good run in the playoffs anyway. But pretty cool to see those games live. Have you been to many NHL games live? Yeah, well, we used to go every year down in Arizona. We remember we met up there one year and um, never been into Winnipeg because it's cheaper to actually fly to Arizona and watch a hockey game than it is to go to one in Winnipeg. But uh, yeah, I've been to quite a few and it is, it's a, it's an unreal experience. Now is Josh, he's enjoying it there. and Yeah, he likes it. Kind of- he filled us in on, uh, remember last episode, we were kind of talking about how the, the trade process works and all that sort of stuff. And I wasn't like certain on how it all worked, but he fucking filled us in. And it's crazy, man. He said that he got a call. He was going to a Broadway show at like five 30 at night. They were in New York and they'd been there for a bunch of days in a row. Cause they were doing the Islanders, uh, Rangers and Jersey trip. There's so whatever he says is there for like 10 days. So he's got shit everywhere all over his room. Heading gonna head to a Broadway show with the trainers or something and gets a call up to the to the GM's room and guy says, Yeah, it won't take long. Comes up, they tell him he's gone. And within two hours, I think was the timeline, he was on a plane, had all his shit packed, and flying across the country to be in LA to play for the Avalanche the next day. So after like whatever it was, eight years or you know, with the organization, all that sort of stuff, it's just like boom, you got an hour, get your shit fucking get going right crazy crazy to think he said it was a a whirlwind he said um it's obviously just a lot of shit on the go phone was blowing up everybody reaching out and he said it was just a crazy crazy time that uh i couldn't i couldn't imagine right like you're like fuck he said he had to rip to madison square garden get his bag real quick and within whatever half an hour he had was talking to the gm of colorado which so happens to be joe sackick fuck that's pretty epic not a bad guy (laughs) but yeah crazy man how it's just like you you don't really think of uh of what these guys go through in the in the blink of an eye within an hour everything the last 10 years was was changed so pretty cool but you know i think it'd be a whirlwind at the start and then obviously get to go to a winning team and I don't know. It'd probably be kind of cool, I guess, to start over. But yeah, walking into that locker room with those new guys and the whole change of life is pretty wild. But yeah, he's handling it good. He got a goal there last night. This is Wednesday when we're doing this. So uh, uh, Tuesday, got himself his first goals in Avalanche. So yeah, it was fucking, it was cool, man. It's good to see those guys, even as all those guys, um, Kale McCarr and all them, you know, full athletic hockey guys, just to see them play and how crazy it is out there and how different it is watching a game live than it is on, on TV. I'm sure it's similar to bull riding. They just show you the, the highlights, you know, when you're watching, you're just watching the puck, but fuck, I had trouble just watching the pucks. There's so much shit going on behind the scene. I haven't been to a whole bunch of games, but no, it was fucking, it was fun. It was definitely something that people should, should take in the production behind it. It's awesome. It's good to see. Yeah, no, I, I can you imagine the way you just within hours, you're headed to a whole new, 
whole new <clears throat> venue, a whole new group of guys. And, you know, worried about your family at home, which, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You got to move them and, you know, take care of all that too. But yeah, they, I guess that's why they put the pro and professional. That's part of your job to be able to deal with that stuff. So. Yeah, that's no shit. So, yeah, it was pretty, uh, it was fun to catch up. We haven't got to see each other in a long time. So, uh, it was good to see him, Rusty, and my father in law and brother in law, Ryan Cullum. He got to, to come out as well. He's a big Calgary Flames fan. So, they were, they were all going back and forth. And we were giving Ryan a hard time about fucking loving Jerome McGinley and fucking being a, <laughs> being a Flames fan in, uh, in the presence of the, the opposing team of the Colorado Avalanche. So a lot of fun, man. I, a lot of fun. I see. I see you're with Fez, eh? How's Fez doing? Yeah, Chad's good too, man. That was uh, uh, Chad came to the game. Jesse Barron came to the game. Um, he's doing good. Fuck. He's got a, he's working for the Calgary Stampede as we've, we've talked about before and, uh, loving, loving it. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, good. he's the Chad that we all know and love. He's busy and, and, uh, liking his job and doing well. It's good to, good to see he's, uh, yeah, we've been buddies for a long time, traveled the road a lot together and, uh, it's kind of fun to see him now transition into this, you know, he was doing his bull ridings and had, has alpha bull, the company and doing those events and stuff. And now, transitioning to the, the guy for the Calgary Stampede. So we're all growing up, man. We're all growing up. Just not a bunch of dumb <laughs> bull riders, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, no, yeah. it was funny. He posted something one day on um, Instagram. It was a picture of when he was covered in mud when he won the, I think it was 100,000 then. Yeah. And uh, I, I messaged back. I said, was that when three rogue bullfighters tackled you in the mud? And he just answered, <laughs> Yep. That <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a, good, kind of the memories, cool part, eh? Hey? Yeah, and yeah. a guy like a guy like him that originated from that area, and then obviously won the stampede himself, and then has been a part of it, you know, through social media stuff and different things throughout the years, and now, now the guy in there doing the job. So yeah, it's fucking, it's pretty cool to cool to see, and I'm sure he's excited about it. That's you know the greatest outdoor show on earth and uh big responsibilities that he's got now so it'll be fun to see if there's any changes or what he does um within the the stampede realm in the coming years we've all seen what he does at his bull rides with the production and the fucking lights and the you know all the different shit that he puts into it like rock and roll so we'll see how big of a leash he's got see what they'll let him do i don't know how much you can't really turn the lights off during the day at the country stampede but (laughs) we'll see what he gets up to it'd be fun to see i'm sure he'll have some good ideas you know what and it's uh um changes changes good sometimes sometimes people balk it a little bit but in the end that's where good ideas come from so good for him and all the best i hope he kicks its ass yeah so yeah shout out fucking best plug there we go good for him uh, <laughs> uh, uh manitoba did you notice uh, after we we finished last time after they canceled the board that they canceled the uh, did they cancel a calf scramble or something out there with a the fair did you see this I don't want to fucking talk. <laughs> I was thinking yes, about you guys. Oh, uh, so yes, it, it, uh, they did. And, um, here again, it's, um, certain groups putting pressure on the winter fair, uh, to the point of where they were going to contact sponsors, blah, 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 blah. So they just caved to it, um, basically. And, um, 
just to save the fight for this year anyway. But, you know, we all know what that's just kind of the start. But I think what's come of it now, just the rumblings are, is that there's there's a lot of uh, groups, and I don't know if, if I should talk too much on it, but we're going to figure out a way to have some pushback on it, you know, just so these groups can't come in and just just cancel things when they think they should be canceled and um, without discussion and, and kind of threat. So um, I oh, think there's something's going to come of it. Yeah. I think <laughs> there's something's going to come of it as far as, um, you know, a group or a membership that, that will uh, have a voice back to, to kind of explain and, and stick up for our Western way of life. And uh, I don't know, it's interesting. It seems to be a, like we've said it a thousand times on here. It's a crazy world right now. And um, you know, it's uh, I, I was flabbergasted when they canceled the bull ride in Winnipeg. We've always had sold out crowds there. And, yeah. and now this was just the icing on the cake and it got a lot of people. Um, a lot of people sat up and took notice that this is actually happening. It's not just something that, you know, it's been around forever, but it's finally, yeah. it's, it's bringing it to light to people that it's going to affect your livelihood. And uh, this is just kind of start. So pushback, pushback is coming. So. Good. And then I seen, I was talking to Ben Kincaid the other day and, and he's doing a, it'd be a touring pro must be just outside of Winnipeg or something now. Right. Mm-hmm. With some festival yeah. or something like that that's going on. So I think, I, I, yeah, you just fucking, there's rules and they're made. And then if you can find a way to do things within those rules, fuck, go ahead. You got to fucking keep yeah. doing it. You know what I mean? You can't just not have events and not do shit. So good for, Ben or who or whatever is going on behind the scenes to make sure that there is still events going on. And Brandon, you guys doing it and move it. Yep. What is it? Move it maybe five, 10 kilometers outside of the, the rule stricken part and fucking do her live. Yeah. People come to you. Yeah. yeah. I happen to have some land that can, that can <laughs> so, you know, that's always a possibility, but you know, like I said before, this has been going on forever. Your dad would know this story better, but mid eighties in Morris, Manitoba, which is just a half hour South of Winnipeg. There was a bunch of, um, I don't know how to politely say it, but you know, people that think they're saving the world, but anyway, oh, chain activists. Themselves to the sh- activists. Yes. That oh. chained themselves to the shoots there years ago. So yeah, you know, it's always been around, <laughs> but we got, we got to learn in my opinion, as, as a Western lifestyle and, and what we do and how we make our living to, I don't know, educate better or, or be able to, you know, push back on this or else we're just going to get run over. I mean, they're federally funded and, and, yeah. uh, there's no end. So anyway, now, just ignorance. Wrong, yeah, exactly. Didn't uncle Ryan may have, or may have not kicked one of them. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think that there's a lot more to this story about something that went on in uh, Manitoba, but we might yeah. have to, We'll have to, if anybody knows the full stories, make sure you let us know, send them in. I'm sure my dad does, but. <laughs> well, I, I do know the full story, but I want to hear it from, you know, from him directly. Cause I, I know it's a really good one. So the we'll logistics. Yeah. Question him about it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got quite a few things to question him about when we fucking get him on. I think we probably know too much about him. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Most definitely. As a drummer yourself, the biggest news that I think that happened in the last couple of weeks, fuck the passing of Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters. You see that? Yeah, that's crazy. I, you know, and I didn't realize like that guy has been around, and I don't mean in the 
well, probably the partying sense too, but he's done a lot of stuff outside of the Foo Fighters. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it hits home. The guy was, the guy was only 50 years old. Yeah. Um, and, but I don't know, did, did anybody ever say what actually happened in the end? I know he was in Columbia, I think. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that was one thing that I was going to, was wanted to talk about. There's a couple of things that come along with it, but first of all, obviously thoughts and prayers with all the crew from the Foo Fighters and yeah. David Grohl now losing two of his best friends and bandmates. You wouldn't fucking wish that on your worst enemy, yeah. man. It's rock and roll and people say, ah, whatever they, you know, they got to live as rock stars and die as rock stars, but fucking human beings, man. And, and, you know, as yeah. much as anybody, how hard that is. And um, yeah, they said that, the toxicology report came back. There was 10 different drugs in his system. So they made it sound like, yeah, there's 10, like it was like 10 different drugs, but fuck, there was like antidepressants, marijuana, alcohol. Like it wasn't like he just had 10 different fucking like hard drugs, street drugs. Yeah. There's a lot of different shit yeah. in his system, but automatically everybody just assumes, right. It's like, yeah, this guy had all these different things in his system. Well, fuck go take, a businessman sitting at his office and see how many fucking different different things are in his system if you did that toxicology report on it too so no thinking thinking about him and thinking about the family and um death so this is another one i was going to bring it up when we talked about um, blue stone uh on the previous podcast and there's obviously been lots of people reaching out of what happened what happened what happened and this is a, it's like a touchy subject where I understand both sides of it. When you're the family side of it, it's, it's none of your business of what happened. But in the end of the day, you look at every post, every comment that comes along with anybody that passes away and it's always what happened. And then you, you don't want to seem rude and ask what happened, but everybody wants to know what happened. End sure. of the day, you find out what happens in, you know, in the long run or whatever it is. And maybe sometimes you can't put it out there cause you don't know, but do you think it should be like a common thing to, to it's not the family. I know that's not their biggest thing, but to the cause of death is always the, the biggest biggest question. Should it be known with the, with the report of the person passing? If it's, public or is that totally up to the family or what do you what's your th thoughts on that you know what i mean yeah i always i've been in both situations where you're like fuck off i don't give a shit they don't, they don't need to know fuck you he's he's dead that's all that matters and then the other hand of it it's like oh man i wonder what happened right it's just human nature and it's hard yeah. to it's hard to put into words but i was i always wondered that because everybody has different opinions on that well i i think personally when something happens i know like you said it's the family's choice but it would probably be a lot less hassle for the family if it was put out there right off the bat rather than people speculating and you know how stories get started before yeah. you know it it's even worse or, or or makes the 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 person that has passed look worse than really what actually happened so i don't know i would like to just I mean, personally, no, right off the bat, and and then you can deal with it in whatever way you want. But um, it seems like you're right. People just gotta know, gotta know, and right. go to any length to find out. And try, you know, phoning a friend and a cousin of the family, and you know, just just let us know and be done with it. Bad news travels faster than any good news that you'll ever hear. <laughs> Isn't that true? Isn't that oh, true? man. Yeah. People love to, to, yeah, to speculate and figure out. But, yeah, it's hard because, like you say, like I said, been on both ends of it where you don't want – you don't really give a fuck at that time. You're dealing with 
the death and grieving so you don't care what anybody else thinks or says but then on the other hand of it it's like everybody's like you say speculating that all these different rumors and all these different stories go on and it's just a fucked up situation but i always i always wondered what people thought on that one i'll I'll tell you one thing that's not a rumor is Will Smith smacking the shit out of Chris Rock on stage. <laughs> that is not a rumor. Okay, <laughs> there's another one for you. What do you guys think of that? What, it, what, what What's your take on that? Fuck, it blew up the internet. Well, Obviously, everybody's talking about it. Chris oh, Rock's side, Will Smith's side. What do you think? What do we got? Okay, well, I, I personally, when I first watched it, uh, who showed me? Someone showed us. You got to see this. So, you know, I'm watching on someone else's phone. I thought it was a stage deal when he walked up and smacked him. I just thought it was a good acting, you know. Star actors, some of the best but in the world. Sat, yep. Right, right. So that was what I was thinking. But when he sat down and he was fucking cussing on him, I'm <laughs> like, holy shit, this is real. Like, this is real life. And I think from all the fallout of it, it was actually not planned. I haven't heard any different, but uh, yeah, Will Smith, he, he, he took defending your little lady to a whole new level. Like, holy shit. Uh, I mean, it was just a joke, right? These comedians talk all the time, you know, that they want to be able, you should be able to just have free comedic, um, you should be able to make fun of whatever you want. That's your job. That's what it's part of. And uh yeah, apparently Will Smith didn't uh, think that. So yep. I guess touchy subject on his wife too. Yeah. But that was whatever. hilarious. Um, oh. uh, like, yeah, that's, I guess that's one side of it, right? Is you're the, you're a comedian and that's your job is to make fun of shit. And like, you fuck, that's what they do at those things. And I think when you're that high profile, you, you got to know that there's a lot of shit going to be coming, especially Will Smith. Like that's the thing with him is he got mad about the hair joke, but they've been openly in the public about other guys, fucking his wife and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. and then that's what fires him off or sets him off. But obviously some internal issues within that, that crew, that family. And like, he was laughing when he was telling the joke and then he looked over and then seeing Jada was not faking that. And then yeah. come on, baby. Yeah. He's a big guy. Like, a big dude right and it kind of looked like a scene from a movie just open hand slapped him but then there's the other side of it too i kind of i don't know i like it because it's like old school and yeah you might get charged with assault but i mean you can talk shit you're gonna get hit everybody's thinks that they can fucking say what they want and do what they want without any repercussions gonna come their way so yeah there's both sides of that one too definitely jumped up the ratings of the show that's for sure talk of the town i see I seen a post the next day that said I didn't even know the uh, the Oscars were on till Will Smith smacked Chris <laughs> Rock. Right? Oh yeah. yeah, Chris Rock. If you can, if you go back and listen to his um, like one of his first ones that that he ever did, his first shows. Holy fuck, that guy's right straight off Saturday Night Live, one of the funniest guys going. And then did you see his look afterwards? He handled that well. I would have been not sure what to do, right? He just looked around and the show went on and keep my wife's name out your fucking (laughs) mouth. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he did handle it well because most would have just, I don't know, walked off the stage or whatever, and he just kept rolling. So good for him. Good Good thing I didn't knock him out. Oh, you imagine? Just down there. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> Braden said that would have that have been even better. The memes, fuck, yeah, yeah. that yeah. was pretty cool. Uh, our guest today, we get to him. Pretty, uh, pretty cool guest. My 
we've recorded this the other day and i think my face is still red from fucking smiling and <laughs> laughing along with uh the legend from montana bo hill uh we got him on here in a little bit but uh, a lot of fun to talk to him hey scott yeah man it was, like bo hill he spent so much time up in canada and you know i got to rodeo fortunate enough to rodeo with him a lot and just a super good guy he's just one of those guys and there's so many that'll listen to this podcast that'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Always had a smile on his face, tried 110%. Um, I forgot to bring it up. The only time I ever seen him really get mad was when Dwayne Kessler wouldn't let him on at Cloverdale when there was two open spots, two turnouts. That was the only time I've ever seen that guy mad. And, um, you know, just a good ambassador to the sport, a great family man. Got beautiful kids, beautiful wife. And uh, as, as you'll hear in the podcast, he's he's very proud of them all. Yeah, wicked dude. Uh, you always do the podcasts, and then you think about different stories that that come up into your mind after they're done. And that was another thing I forgot to to bring up was when we'll talk about it in the pod. But he, uh, we traveled together for a while, and of the first like road trip we went on, we stopped at this uh, this pizza hut, and we walked in and sat down, and we sat down before our our waiter came and. And was helping us, and uh, he was like your typical like seventeen, eighteen year old kid. Like, what's up, guys? How's it going, man? Fucking, you know, talking like a hippie. And uh, so we finish our meal, and we both go to pay. And he stand, he's like standing at the end of our table, and we're in the booth on each side of the booth, and we both stand up on either side of him, and we're like a foot and a half fucking taller than the guy. And he looks up at us, and he's like, whoa. You guys in town for a basketball convention or something? <laughs> Here's your sign. Yeah. We were like, holy fuck. Yeah, we had a good laugh and cruised her out. Did I ever tell you about the time we, we stopped at a Pizza Hut in Arkansas? How do you guys like Pizza Hut, though? <laughs> I'll just that brought that up. So, okay, here's a good one. Oh, I should, well, I guess I can't. I was going to say, it was me and Posse and uh, Patton, so we can't get either of those crew on the podcast, obviously. <laughs> and uh, Randy Quatieri, and it was when Zane he first started being allowed to get back into the U.S. again at that time. So we were picking him up, but we were stopping to get food, and it, we were in—I think it was like Little Rock or somewhere in Arkansas—and we go to the door and it's locked. But you look inside, and there's fucking like 15 workers, and they're just ripping all around this place and uh, they're going to the delivery trucks out the back and we knock on the door and this guy comes to the door and unlocks it and he looks at us and he's like, what you want? And we're like, uh, pizza? <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> he gives us, gives us this fucking kind of sideways look and he's like, okay. So we go in and we sit down and uh, he comes over and he's like, seriously, what are you guys, what are you guys doing here? We're in some part of the town that obviously we weren't, shouldn't have been in. And we're like, we're just fucking coming to eat, man. And he's like, uh, all right. So he goes to the back and long story short of the place. It wasn't an actual legitimate pizza hut. They were just running drugs out of this fucking place. Oh. <laughs> but would you have like meth sandwiches for lunch? No, they actually did make us a pizza. I think they were just fronting with a pizza shop, but they did make <laughs> us a fucking pizza. We got all the supplies we needed. It worked out great, actually. And then, uh, and then we left. But yeah, that was a picked up zane at the airport and the rest was history but yeah good old pizza huts never know what you're gonna pizza get into <laughs> that's right no shit 
Yeah, we'll get to the interview with Bo here in a little bit before we get to it. But a few updates within the the PBR world. I don't know if you've been watching or not, but like we talked before, the Facebook uh, lives have been really perfect to to get to catch up on all the stuff that's been going on. It's been a fucking grind. She's the battle of the season right now. They're fucking killing guys off left and right. There's been two three-day weekends in a row, the last two weekends with Albuquerque, Sioux Falls, four 15-15s. Uh, they got a, an event. would will be tonight, so it'll when this comes out Thursday, would have been last night uh, in Everett, Washington, and then they go to Tacoma for another fucking three-day event. So uh, they're uh, back to back to filling TV and killing guys off, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what it lines out. Jose, uh, you know, the superstar Leme gets concussed knocked out smooth breaks his jaw kyler oliver wins the 15 15 but lands on his neck and i think i don't know sort of rumor but he uh he may have broke something in his in his neck in that area so he's getting all that stuff looked at so she's a tough season man and we're gonna see where she goes well yeah that's the thing and we yeah we've talked about this before it's uh they're jamming a lot in a short amount of time, and we got the world finals coming up next month, and everybody's jockeying for positions. Now, the only upside to that is that, you know, somebody's misfortune is someone's fortune. It's opening some doors up lower down in the st- in the standings, obviously. But yeah, it's too bad. Uh, and then with the teams kicking off right after that, you know, that's going to have some effect on on that as well. Would you not say? Oh, fuck. Especially, you know, if Kyler is out now or, or however long he might be out for. Jose, all these guys that, that are, you know, suffering these serious injuries that are having career years, that will affect their draft position. Um, yeah. How If they're going to be ready for the teams. And if they do keep going like this, you know you're going to wreck more guys out. And how many guys you're actually going to have for when the fucking team series starts in the second half. So, yeah, it's seems like it's great right now to to fill these tv shows in that maybe that are needed but you're gonna fucking be running low on guys when the actual second half of the season comes along for the for the team series so hopefully they keep them healthy but then you see there's 20 guys last weekend that went to both sioux falls and to casper wyoming to the to the velocity event so i mean you got lots of guys going and and obviously they're craving it if you're getting that many guys wanting to to do both. But it's just crazy to see how they're the the top guys right now. It's going to come down to who's healthiest, and I think that could play into Joao Ricardo Vieira's hand if oh. uh, if he stays stays healthy and stays stays going. Kaike Pacheco as well, really fucking really doing it right now. He won he won the two point one million at the American. And then in this month or in the month of March, I think was the stat. He's won 105,000 as well, just at PBR events and went from 51st to sixth in the world and is now in the running for the, the world title. So all you kids out there, don't fucking don't say yeah. low in a mud hole. It only takes yeah. a month to get back in the game, get in the world title race. It's, it's crazy how, you know, it is a sport of ups and downs. And when you're high, you're high. And when you're low, you're low. And, yeah, for him to make that big a jump, and of course, what kicked it off, I would say, would be winning that 2.1 million. You know, you you picture yourself as unstoppable, and he's just proven that exactly. Yeah, game of momentum. So he's freaking. Yeah, he's rolling heavy onto that. Uh, Keyshawn Whitehorse gets a win in Casper, Wyoming, jumps him uh, into the 
into the world standings in the top 35 again. So looking for a, another world finals berth for him. So that's got to feel good. Good fucking for him. Congrats, Kevin, on that one. Um, yeah, other than that, man, I don't want to keep you too long. This interview with Bo's pretty fucking badass, so we don't have to to keep you on the side of the road as you're traveling to the school. <laughs> we can we can get to it if uh if you don't got much more. Are you good or what are you thinking? Yeah, just excited for the weekend and it's uh fun to watch your your offspring do their thing and <laughs> and I'm lucky and I'm lucky enough to be to be able to teach them to do that. So yeah, I'm excited and uh yeah, it's uh, springtime's here. We're all going to get pretty busy, so I don't know how you're going to wrangle up everybody at one time for these things, but we'll make it work. <laughs> We're getting her lined up, man. We're getting her done. Uh, on that as well, springtime coming May 27th, 28th. We're back with the Clooney Cooper Memorial and Prince Albert. You're coming up for that one, right? Oh, yeah. 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 You, uh, yeah you won't keep me away from that one for sure. Fucking right. So is this a got, bad time to ask for? Is this a bad time to ask for a raise? <laughs> yes. yes <it> is. <laughs> uh, and then June thirtieth as well. We're going to Elkridge up by Waskasu Lake Elkridge Resort. Uh, we're gonna do a big PBR up there June thirtieth on the Thursday Canada Day weekend kickoff. Tickets will go on sale. I think April eleventh or something. They're gonna start putting tickets out for sale on that. That we're gonna go up there and produce. So. Looking like it's going to be a busy, busy summer. Lots of these uh, Canadian guys that are south. Uh, there's a few making their way back up and, and guys going back and forth. It's going to stay busy. So it's going to be uh, a lot of action and people can um, stay stay informed. We'll keep these going as much as we can and uh, full send these suckers. We're almost getting to 50 episodes, Scott. We're almost getting to fucking 5-0. I know. I know. What, do, what do we do to celebrate the 50th? Huh? I don't know. Go, go yeah, Braden says live. Oh, go alive at, at the bull ride in town, maybe at like two or three in the yeah. morning. <laughs> Yo, we've tried that. Yeah, we don't work. sound live. We don't sound good one bit. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, yeah, like Elkridge, I mean, born and raised in Prince Albert, never been there in my life, you know? No and, shit. Uh, world, oh, it's cool. World-class golf course, heard so much about it. So what a better way to, it's kind of like uh, when we used to go, or we will go again, I guess, but when we get to go out east, um, like to Quebec and all those places and, and, and do our thing with the bull ride. What a great way to see the country. You know, you get to see new things through our sport. So yep. really excited. Can't yep. wait. Yeah. We're going to drop some steel, some dirt right in the parking lot, bring in the bulls and fucking full sender. So it's going to be a lot of fun. They got a good crew up there. That's really into it and wanting to, to do things right. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's following the, the PGA, or not the PGA, whatever the Canadian PGA is. I can't remember what that's called, but they have that going on up there the weekend before that. And then this rolls on the next Thursday. So it's just good times after good times up there. So can't wait. Yeah, People are pumped. Yeah. They're excited. It's going to be cool. We'll do her up. Even Blaine was excited. Blaine Fison was pumped about it. Can you imagine oh, that? Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. And there'll probably be some <clears throat> lake people hanging around too. So, you know. Yeah, you never not, know bikinis and such. Not bad scenery. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, Good call. yeah. There we go. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think we're we're pretty good on on everything that we need to get to for for this one this week. We'll get Jason. We'll get the whole crew together in the coming weeks, and uh, we got some cool guests that are that are coming on here in the next couple of weeks as well. So, uh, lots of big stuff that will keep everybody fired up on Braden, you go fucking uh have some fun out there do what you do 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just for the record, though, the bullet knocked him out last year is actually named Snooze, right? Snooze, Snooze button. Snooze button. They call Snooze button. Not a bad day. That bull was it. That bull was in Yorkton, was he not? Yeah, he was yeah. He was so. in Yorkton and then went to, uh, what was the one right after Yorkton? Saskatoon. Then he was Saskatoon. Saskatoon. Was he? Yeah. Oh. He'd been on the tour. Oh, oh you helped him Old get there. Old snooze button. Old <laughs> snooze button. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, you guys drive safe, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening in. Uh, we'll keep everybody informed and up to date on what we got going on. This is now our interview with Bo Hill. Kind of overdid it in we move on to the big man from Montana, Bo Hill. And first up, Bo Hill out of West Glacier, Montana. Bo Hill is a tall cowboy. The full effort on everyone that you get on. Bo jumps out, he's going to the left, and he's going to ride him, I think. He's got him rope. Keep moving, Bo Hill making excellent moves. Got him rope. Little spin it to the left, opening up, spurn him at the end. Excellent ride for Bo Hill. Lights out was coming after him. Rides him dead easy, makes an excellent ride, opens up Spurs him at the end, gets some extra points. Wow. We just got the score. There it is. 91 for Bo Hill. Our guest today is a three-time NFR qualifier, a five-time PBR world finalist, a five-time Montana circuit finals champion, a PBR Canada champion, and the only man to qualify for the college finals, the NFR, PBR World Finals, the CFR, and the PBR Canada Finals. It is Mr. Montana, Bo Chill. What is up, Bo? How are you? Glad to have you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, bud. I wish I could have been been here a little sooner, but we're finally making it making it work. Oh, yeah. It's always like herding cats trying to get everybody together to get one of these recorded, but <laughs> good to have you. Fuck, been too long. How's things? What have you been doing? What's keeping you busy? Yeah, it's been good, man. I've just been, uh, yeah, being a dad and and uh, chase the kids around. They've been playing a lot of sports. Lakai's in college now, going to be a nurse, so she's been busy. And uh, yeah, building houses, some spare time down here. So it's been busy. A lot of people moving in, unfortunately, but I guess good for my occupation. Just, just fucking take them to the train station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how has it changed a bunch like where you're at with the fucking boom of yellowstone and everything that's been going on montana's like obviously a huge market always has been but it seems to be amped up a lot more in these last few years have you noticed a big change since the tv shows come out oh yeah i think since our uh our latest administration has taken over and screwed up our country <laughs> for the most part <laughs> that uh, we're getting a lot out of staters moving in here. that are just sick and tired of all the bullshit you hey, know, in the hey. States they're living in. And so they're kind of coming here where they got a little more free range, I think, and whatnot. So, Hey, Bo, Bo, when it comes to administration, why should you be any fucking happier than the rest of us? <laughs> I, I've been I've been feeling for you guys, too. I've been in touch with a lot of my fellow Canadians and hearing about all the bullshit that's going on up there, too. But I'm sick and tired of it, just like I'm sure you guys are and, and most people we know are. Yeah, no shit. She's been a grind, but hey, <laughs> hopefully we get there one day. Uh, the laundry list of accomplishments, holy fuck, that we uh, that we just went over. Super, super long career, one of the longest in history. One of the you've probably been on more bulls than anybody that there's ever been. Maybe Wacy Kathy be up there with you, Mike Lee, things <laughs> like that. But uh, lasted lots and lots of years. But we'll get into all that stuff. Um, 
as we roll through, it's fun to look at, but huge accomplishments, huge career. It's good to catch up with you again. But since the, since the whole retirement situation, you were talking about building houses and all that sort of stuff. Is that, is that your main gig now or what keeps you busy? Mostly these days, I see you're chasing kids around and whatnot too, but what's the main gig for you? Yeah, mostly, mostly just building houses. You know, that's what I actually went to college for. So I'm actually using some education, you know. <laughs> I didn't even know <laughs> but, that. That's awesome. But no, yeah, just that mostly. And then in the fall, I'm busy guiding hunts uh, all year. So we do a lot of backcountry packing and, and hunting in the Bob Marshall wilderness down here in Montana. And, and uh, yeah, pretty much hunting and, and building houses. You talk about kids. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the last... Your kids were little when when you and I were rodeoing together and stuff. And I, I follow you on all your social media stuff. And we're talking young ladies, young women, and young men now. They have grown. Holy cow, eh? Yeah. So, Kaya, yeah, she's 19 in college now. First year at college. Been doing awesome. Jason's a sophomore and Jory's in seventh grade. So, yeah, you always hear time flies. It sure the hell does, for sure. It's uh, got to enjoy it while you can. Yeah. And full uh, full athleticism by the looks of it too, like fucking basketball and all these different sports similar to yourself. Uh, is there some the future in, in college, different shit like that for, for I know Lakai is going to be a nurse, but for the boys or what's it looking like? No, yeah, I definitely say, yeah, Jace last year, you know, started varsity as a freshman on the basketball team and shitty. It was all state as a freshman last year and all state again as a sophomore this year, which is, which is pretty much unheard of. So no, he puts his time in though. And we all know how that is. The guy gets dedicated and puts your time in. You're not sitting around on your ass and getting after it. Good things happen. And he's, uh, he's at the gym pretty much every day. And, and it, that's his main focus right now. And I expect big things out of him. I think he expects big things out of himself as well. How tall is he? And just from what I see on, on social media, he's kind of built like you, you know, slender and, but how tall is he now? Yeah. You know, he's, he's probably just touching six foot right now. And he's, he's hoping, he's hoping he's going to end up six, four and a little, you know, taller than me, hopefully maybe Tanner height, which is kind of the ideal guard guard uh, height, you know, six, four. And, but uh, yeah, he's got some handles, man. He can dribble the ball and, and has some fakes and moves that I've never seen for a kid his age. It's pretty amazing. I don't know where the hell he got it from, but a lot, a lot of time just watching videos and practicing and, and learning self-taught a lot of it. So, but this time, time he's putting in, he's been kicking ass. It's been pretty cool to watch. And yeah, Jory's the same way. He's playing a lot of baseball and he's kind of getting into the rodeo, Mm -hmm. rodeo part of it. And uh, man, he's been doing really good too. He just won the, won the series, the winter series down here, won a buckle for the winter series down here. And, and uh, yeah, mom's not really too happy, but (laughs) he's been doing good. I think they're, they're dedicated and they got some athleticism and, and they, uh, they know how to use it. So are they, are they both interested in, in pursuing say a bull riding career or one more than the other or no, No, you know, Jace, he's, he's more into the gym. I mean, he doesn't have time for it. he did it when he was younger for sure. And I just didn't really like it. And I never really pushed it on any of them. You know, I just told them if they wanted to do it, I'd help them. And yeah. And JC, he, he didn't really like it too much. He liked playing basketball and that yeah. didn't bother me one bit. No shit. So you end up all fucked up like me. Fucking dribble that basketball best you can, boy. Yeah. Ah, that's gold. Um, yeah, man, fucking good kids. I was just when you were talking about 
them now being older i it was always this flashback to hitting the road and and packing them with me usually the boys and i remember coming where we went to like pinoca or somewhere and we came back to the house and the kids were with us me and you and posi the whole time and then we dropped them off and then me the three of us kept hitting the road left the kids at home and carry phone like an hour into the trip and they'd went for supper at the grandparents house and they wouldn't stop cussing at the fucking dinner table. <laughs> He's like, what did you guys teach him? They were little. We didn't, we didn't just let uh, it fly. <laughs> fuck. It was that, that same trip. I think they were with us for a couple weeks if it was that trip or not, but I know they come with us and, and uh, they were telling Carrie and stuff after we had left too, how they had learned to hit signs with beer bottles. So, <laughs> Threw us all under the bus, and I was like, "Fuck, boys, you gotta, you know, you gotta kind of keep your mouth shut a little bit." <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but you know, I think that's what shaped all my kids, and you know, just like packing them down the road at a young age and getting to meet so many different people and just meeting a lot of great people, you know, and kind of shaped and formed them into who they are today. I mean, it's the guy doesn't really think about it when you're doing it, but man, it just for the experience for those kids at that age to be able to do that sort of thing and, and to meet all those people and see all that different shit. I mean, it really, I think it really shapes them into some, some great people. I agree with you a hundred percent. I, I fortunately kind of in the same boat as you, my kids traveled with me a lot, Reagan and myself, but I get more compliments or, or people say to me, it's so nice that your kids can talk uh, to an adult face to face, look them in the eye and have a conversation. And, and I, as long as, as well as you owe that a lot or all to rodeo and travel. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you, and you, you're around a lot of different characters out there, you know, the yeah. world for sure. Well, so they get to see a lot of different shit, you know, Posse being all fucked up coming home at four <laughs> in the morning, can't walk or, or nice people, old people, you know, meeting, you know, yeah. some of the old Kessler or some of the contractors and, yeah, so I think they learn how to kind of adapt to, to the situation quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, it's good for them. There's no doubt about it. I got to tell you, know. I, I got to tell you, a jaw-dropping moment for my kids was one year in Pinocchio when Chase Outlaw walked up and he had been he'd been having some fun. And, I, I mean, just his accent, first of all, but some <laughs> of the shit that was coming out of his mouth, my wife was just like, oh, my God, like, you know. So it's just like you say, all different sorts, right? All different yeah. sorts. You know, shit, I kind of like hanging out with Chase and some of those guys. You know, it made yourself look a lot better sometimes. You know? <laughs> no shit, eh? No shit. Oh, shit. No, no. Yeah. I love Chase, man. He's a, yeah. he's a good son of a bitch. I miss him, too. But, yeah, no, it's pretty funny. They they definitely see some people fucked up and <laughs> say <some> funny shit. <laughs> funny shit. <laughs> yeah you see it all on the trail man you remember when chase first hopped in with us and his phone was ringing at like five in the morning in the hotel room and me and bo were in a bed and ty and chase her in a different bed and he fucking answers it and just has like the like a full-fledged conversation at like five in the morning with his phone on speakerphone as loud as it could fucking possibly go me and bo are looking at each other like who's gonna say something here like fuck we're trying to sleep man like, yeah, like, fuck, go outside turn the fan on or something man like, yeah, yeah i'm yeah. trying to sleep here it's early where i'm from yeah <laughs> uh, that guy. Awesome. yeah no, i had fun bo go back to the to the beginning we kind of touched on it a little bit of of an athletic background but baseball 
I remember it was always kind of number one for you. Bull riding and, and that sort of thing kind of came later, didn't it? Or, or how did the whole yeah. situation of you getting into rodeo and this whole career go back to start, fill us in if you can? Yeah, you know, I, I played all like sports of, you know, as a kid, obviously basketball, baseball, football, that sort of thing. And never really rodeoed. But, you know, my, my dad was a packer for the park and it was, I was around livestock and stuff my whole life growing up and rode horses and that, but never even really knew what road i guess i knew what it was but never even crossed my mind as an interest but uh, my sister was working uh up at a place in, near east glacier and they had a, a weekly rodeo up there and i went up there one week and and watched the bull riding and there's a rodeo and the bull ride I was like damn that looks pretty sweet you know yeah and uh i had a, a neighbor that lived next to me albert pete a guy from arizona and uh he had some old gear he used to ride back in the day so i he goes, shoot, I'll help you on. So next week I went up there and entered and got my ass handed to me, you know, and, but shit, I was hooked from there on out. And, and, uh, that's just kind of where it all started from. But I was, I, I must've been maybe 14, 15 at the time. So I was probably a sophomore in high school by the time I ever even got on a bowl. Yeah. No shit. And then it just kind of took off from there. Did you keep playing baseball or? or yeah, did I did. I played played legion ball and and uh you know we had an awesome team shooter i think we had six or seven kids go to college off out of that team we had in one second state that year and and uh yeah it was a lot of fun i mean i remember i was kind of really getting into riding and my coach you know he was a old cuban he was a firecracker julio delgado is one of my favorite people <laughs> this day but oh man he used to love i used to want to fucking kill him sometimes and then sometimes he just love me he'd always beat me and played come in the locker in the motel that night and beat us all in poker you know we're 15 years old and stealing all our money <laughs> but i remember i was trying to enter some rodeos around playing legion ball and you know legion ball is pretty serious here and they're pretty much every day i mean it's it's a commitment and i was missing some practices and going to these rodeos and shit and i remember one time uh i don't know i was i was batting forth at the time and then i was pitched that game too and i think we ended up getting beat and fuck we're out at it was a double header so we're out in right field at the corner and he starts cussing fucking laying into me you son of a bitch are you gonna fucking rodeo or are you gonna fucking play baseball <laughs> and i remember the whole team you know he's just been ragging on my ass about four minutes straight and i was like well i think i'm gonna do both oh fucking his ears he's got so fucking mad his face is about ready to blow up. i thought he was gonna kick my ass but yeah he, he knew i loved it and he knew, i was you know i was just kind of getting a taste of it but yeah it was pretty funny that old fucker he he didn't like me rodeoing when i was playing baseball but yeah, it all worked out i guess you haven't forgot him no <laughs> no yeah, heck yeah. I, I still see him to this day shit we're jason the freshman last year rolling to whitefish and and uh, Whitefish is like Columbia Falls, where I'm from. We're big rivals, you know, our, you know, our cross-town rival. And he rolled, like, coming into the game, and he comes in the front door. And I said, oh, I said, hey, Julio, how you doing? He goes, well, I come to watch your kid play. I heard he's, he's kind of a study. He goes, I wouldn't be here if, I, if it wasn't for him. So, you know, it's pretty cool. He's, yeah, you know, that's cool. Stay in touch with him 20-some years later. He's coming to watch Jace play. And, Full and, circle. Uh, came out and talked to him after. And, yeah, so that's pretty cool. He's a good guy. Did he have a deck of cards with him? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that might be illegal now. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. No guarantee shit. it. Yeah. <laughs> guarantee it. <laughs> and then uh, and then hit the pros, right? When you were 18, most of us up here 
you know, we classify you as a fellow Canadian as well. Cause you spent so much, so much time up here rodeo and shit like that. Did you go up to Canada before going hard and to the NFR and all that sort of stuff? Or did you just fucking go? You know, I, I went to college and shit. I hadn't even hardly been on that many bowls then, you know, I qualified for the state finals a couple of times, never made it to nationals or anything, but I was just going to enough, enough high school rodeos where I could qualify to go to state. And that was kind of my big deal, you know, make state finals and, yeah, I, I got a that scholarship to go to Miles Miles Community College there in Miles City, Montana, and uh, started getting on some bulls and kind of started realizing I was halfway good at it, decent, you know, and had a lot of work to do. But now we're getting on a lot of practice bulls there where I could finally start getting on some bulls. And yeah, I think I I got my card right when I turned shit. I think when I was old enough and started going up to Canada. Yeah, Clint Solomon. I don't. Know, you guys probably remember. Oh, yeah. Clint, but, yeah. But, you know, funny laugh, he hit me on the shoulder and shit all the time, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, no, he kind of, he saw me riding at a bull riding in, in Forsyth, Montana one day. And he came up to me and he said, he's like, man, you got a lot of tries. Like, you ever think about going down the road? He must have been really in need of a traveling partner. He must have wore all the other ones out already. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was kind of cool. So he kind of took me under his wing and. You know, he'd been going to Canada a lot, too. He lived in Haver, you know, so he was crossing the border quite a bit. And he kind of showed me the whole whole ropes of going to Canada and the entering down here and whatnot. So I kind of traveled with him uh, for, for a couple of years there. And, and uh, yeah, that's kind of how it took off, headed up there. And I was, shit, trying to enter as much as I could up there. I like the people. You know, I like mm-hmm. going up there. It was more like home. And, and uh, shit, the beer was good but expensive. overall mostly just had a lot of great stock you know a lot of great people and in my opinion that's that's kind of tough to beat so that makes for makes for a pretty good combination fucking a what what was your favorite um what was your favorite rodeo up here in canada shit probably bruce (laughs) (laughs) I'm fucking with you. No, I'm with Bruce. I mean, <laughs> I had fun at Bruce. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I had a lot of fun at Bruce. <laughs> yeah, you know, shit, I, I mean, there's so many good rodeos up there. You know, I mean, a lot of these guys down here, they'll always come up to Pinocchio and all, you yeah, know, because that's kind of the big weekend or whatever. And, you know, Pinocchio is an awesome rodeo. Definitely one of my favorites for sure. But I mean, I, I mean, obviously Calgary. I mean, as for, for a big rodeo, you can't beat it. I mean, I think it's it's the best rodeo I've ever been to of any rodeo of all the big rodeos. I mean, I just love the atmosphere there at Calgary and just the, you know, the format of it. I mean, a lot of people are copying it now, but kind of mm. back then it was it was the only thing that really that way. And uh, I mean, shit to ride for that money then, and just the amount of people that were there and. Just of being able to hang out somewhere for a few days mm-hmm. and yes you can fly fish in the afternoon or in yeah. the evening yeah mm-hmm. for sure or you can <laughs> or you can sit around drink beer at the committee trailer and wish you were fly fishing you know or something <laughs> <You're right. Yeah. laughs> oh man but Didn't... yeah i mean i don't know it, that's kind of tough i had a, i mean there's a lot of great rodeos up there i mean it'd be really hard for me to to pick one or other than Calgary, but I mean, I, I enjoyed them all. I really did. I mean, there's that, you know, a few, few weekends up there, you kind of get into that sundry weekend and that high river and that mud hole shit yeah, yeah. up there. I always never really enjoyed that weekend. The rodeos were still good. I just didn't enjoy the weather. The muck. 
I like the Budweiser Big Rig. (laughs) 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 The Budweiser Big Rig, Hand Hills, Cloverdale. Cloverdale's always fucking fun. Yeah, Yeah, always had a good time at Cloverdale for sure. Didn't you win Calgary once? Like what? In the format of, it was different format though, right? Yeah, it was. It was well, yeah, because they had the you won the rodeo and then the top Mm -hmm. whatever went into like. I think it was $25,000 round or whatever at the time. But yeah, yeah, I think it was 2005 ish or three ish somewhere. In there. I can't even remember, but yeah. Yeah. Took I think it. I won uh, one second one year and won it the next year and second again the next year or something. I got on kind of a hot streak there. That's kind of why I liked it so much. I think it seems like I always did well there. Yeah. Yeah. Always. When helps. you go some, when you go somewhere with a good attitude, it seems like it works out quite a bit better. Yeah, hey, sure. what's the story with Mike Lee when in the in the committee tent? Didn't he fucking take off all his clothes and then you, yeah. and, you and Rocky threw him in the trees or something? <laughs> yeah, I don't quite remember. I'm pretty sure he was, yeah, whipping her out there or something. He's getting a little out of hand, I think. Uh, <laughs> were you there, Scott? You I wasn't that? there. I was there at the, at the deal, but it was yeah. not right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, mike you get a little uh you get a little out there you get a little too much drinking sometimes but yeah i know yeah, yeah that's pretty funny <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um just kind of following along that timeline you make the nfr at a at a fairly young age right right off the hop of of your career had a kid uh, all that stuff happened right right early on no no, I think uh, 2002. Yeah, I mean, maybe like four years after I bought my yeah. card. But but it was like the second year I kind of really went. I didn't really have a whole lot of qualifications. So that one year I started going to Clint. You know, I started getting into some rodeos. And, and I don't even know where I ended up in 2001 or something. But it was down there a ways. But then I had my qualifications up. And the first year I kind of started really internet it. I, admit, I made it in 2002. Who were you so, going with at that time? I was going with Clint there for a while and then he kind of pulled out and then on me there toward the end. And then I was just kind of jumping rides. I mean, I was with Scott Breading a little bit here and there. And one of my, you know, my heroes growing up, my idols, you know, so no shit. I remember riding Copenhagen cash and Canby one year and I was with Scott and oh shit. He was, I think he was happier for me than I was. And yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, it just, just getting to meet all those people and, you finally realize there at that age, you know, you're, you think these guys are, you know, just something else or, you know, and they are something else, but they're just how, how nice they are to people, you know, you know, the younger kids. And it's just pretty mm-hmm. cool how the, how that rodeo atmosphere is like that, you know, just take you under your wing and kind of help you out for sure. Well, I was like that with you. I was like, fucking, I <laughs> yeah. remember we started, we started, I was like 20 ish and you were, I don't know how old you'd have been at that time, but I knew of you, but, yeah. 50 <laughs> <laughs> same shit no and i was like if we entered after i wanted to go me and pause wanted to go south and there wasn't a bunch of guys going and you were going and a bunch they're like the guys you know the older group lined us all out to go together and i was always get homesick as fuck and not really like being on the road as you know but yeah and uh and when we when we first met up to go i think we were in denver and uh we hop in together and i didn't know you uh, 
and thought you were just like this older guy that was like a real straight shooter and fucking i was like oh what are we getting into here we like to party pretty good first fucking station that hits on is classic vinyl we crack some beers and i'm like okay we're gonna get along to this bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just thinking about that yesterday because i'm pretty sure we we're a mile in the fuck out of that car posse one annoying or wherever it was or <laughs> yeah. yeah we were just driving it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't. I think I put. I think I put a hundred thousand miles on that car before he even drove it to twenty <laughs> miles, but or whatever. It's pretty funny. But yeah, yeah, I know. I was thinking about that. We were we were heading like the Wichita Fall or something. We'd been down whatever, heading that PBR there or something, and listening yeah. to the old the old classic vinyl. And yeah, we yeah, we got guys. along pretty good. We were pretty laid back. It was pretty pretty fun. Pretty yeah. fun winter for sure. Good. You know crew. that. That's one thing I, I remember you as is always having a smile and, and having fun, but taking your business serious and, and, and one hell of a bull rider, obviously. Um, but what I want to really stress here is that I, you know what, you kind of take it for granted when we're, when we're rodeoing and going down the road over, but for you to make those finals all in one year, that, that is a phenomenal feat that probably will never be repeated. And, um, like was it a obviously it was a goal to make each finals but for it all come together had to be a real um medal for you to do your career right yeah and i didn't make like all those finals he was talking about in the beginning all the same year but i you know i'd made like the nfr the cfr the pbr finals you know i think uh, a couple different years together mm-hmm. yeah and uh yeah i mean that's just that in itself. I mean, that's a lot of travel and a lot of bulls getting on and, and really dedicating yourself because shit, there's times when you don't want to go to freaking Bruce Albert or you don't want to, <laughs> you know, I'd rather go home. I keep bringing up Bruce. Cause I just remember it was like pulling teeth to get me to go to that some bitch. Yeah. Especially I remember I went cock and bull riding the one year and I'm like, fuck that dude. I'm out of here. I ain't going to Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I got, I'm no way. I'm yeah. out of here. But yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, it, you know, I never really set out to do all that, you know, like to make, it wasn't a big priority of mine to make this, make that, make this, like all these different finals. It's just the way it worked out to be. But mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't really ever a goal of mine because I hadn't made one to make, make it or something. But I guess when you're dedicating yourself and you're going and you're staying on what you're supposed to, it kind of all works out. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot of wear and tear, a lot of fucking miles and a lot of mm-hmm. you know not not a whole lot of sleep a lot of stress and and in the end yes i mean you kind of think about it yeah shit it's pretty cool i guess for sure yeah oh yeah that's unreal you got on a lot of bulls in your career um like you were one of those guys that if there was a re-ride you were taking it there was no doubt um you were there to win and that was one thing that i admired you traveled hard and you rode hard and and got and, and tied your hand to a lot of bulls in your career yeah, you know, and I, I kind of pride myself on that. I rode hurt a lot. You know, I, I mean, there's times I probably should have gone home and I, and I shouldn't have, but I definitely wasn't out there being a pussy by no means. I, you know, you, you figure out you don't get paid in this game unless you're you're really doing it. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I got on a ton of bowls. I know you can look at Pro Bowl stats and it has these numbers there and there, but shit, I bet I got on another thousand head in Canada that, that aren't mm-hmm. even on there, you know I mean? It's, yeah. But yeah, you know, a lot of bowls, but I, I kind of got into that groove where I like getting on a lot of bowls and and uh, this kind of felt like when you're riding good and shit, you just want to keep going and going and going. And I guess I was riding good enough where I always felt like I had to keep going or something. But, but yeah, no, it was fun. I wouldn't have it any other way. 
your commitment, I think, is, you know, you talk about it yeah. with your kids, how you raise your kids and everything. I think it just all comes full circle to, to what your career was like. You're just committed and it didn't matter where it was or what the fuck was going on. You were going and going to try to win. It didn't matter if you were in Bruce or if you are at Calgary or the fucking NFR. You, you kind of were always the same every time you tied your hand to one. It was just going wherever there's bulls and going there to win, seemed like to me. Yeah, you know, I, I don't ever remember one time really getting in the bucket shoot, no matter where I was or it wasn't. Everything wasn't the same for me, whether I was in, you know, Bonneville or, you know, at the NFR when I was taking my rap and sliding up there. There's one one thing I had in mind, and that's that's to win. I mean, and I'm most of the people that are good at this sport, it is that way. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just tr- training your mind where you go to these certain rodeos and you don't want to fucking be there hell no you don't want to be there it's raining it's shitty it's cold but bottom line is you're just telling yourself you're the baddest motherfucker here and there's still money to be won and you know that everybody's heart's getting a little weaker you know (laughs) you can keep yours as long as you keep your head straight it's going to be that much easier to win money so i mean i I think that's kind of a, a big part of it too and, and I got I got a hundred U.S. dollars. Says you were sweating at every one of those. <laughs> <and> every time <laughs> you go. I mean, I mean, I remember going up to those bull rides in Canada in the winter when I was younger, and it'd be so fucking cold. But oh, I mean, I'd have a jacket on. But when I fucking jumped off after the whistle, you could damn near bet it looked like I got out of the shower. Yeah, oh, so <laughs> always <yeah>. soaking wet. <laughs> hey, that's what kept my. That's a clean living, man. You gotta sweat that shit out. Sweat that shit out, (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. That's awesome. (laughs) Kind of a, I don't know, a different way to go with it. You never want to to bring this stuff up, but it was a total surprise to me when when I was talking to you before this that, you know, we traveled together and have known each other for a long time. And um, I didn't know that that when you were 18 years old that that your mom uh, passed away uh, due to, to cancer. I'm sure there's lots of people in this sport. I uh, didn't know that that's, that's, that's so tough to, to think about as a, as a young kid. And did it, did it shape you? Obviously she had a huge influence on you. You talk about your dad and your sister bringing, you know, you guys seem like you guys all come together and as one, but uh, that time in your life had to have been a, 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 just a, just crazy situations for you. Yeah. You know, I was going to college at the time. My mom had been sick, you know, kind of on and off for a few years, a couple of years or whatever, back and forth to Seattle and getting treatments and stuff. And, and, uh, yeah, she was getting really sick there at the end and she wouldn't, she wouldn't, uh, I was away in college, you know, and she would never really tell me cause she didn't want me to quit college mm-hmm. or, and come home. So she would just kind of keep it, keep it a secret. But one day I remember talking to her on the phone and she was kind of saying some different random stuff. And I just kind of, I finally kind of realized like, Hey, something's not right, you know? And, and, uh, yeah, it didn't take long after that, but yeah, I mean, it was a pretty tough time for me and my wife Carrie was a girlfriend at the time but uh you know we'd been together for quite a while and she helped me through that quite a bit you know and just being she was living with me down there at college and but you know I think it really it made me realize or maybe more dedicated I guess to what I wanted to do and made me uh maybe try harder I guess and kind of just kind of dedicate stuff to her and just realize you know shit i'm you know i'm here i'm here for a reason and this is what i'm gonna do and nobody's gonna tell me i can't do it you know you're too tall you're too this you're too that yeah you know, bullshit you can do whatever you want you know and i think it she she did she i think that really kind of stepped me up to the next level mentally 
Mm-hmm. I mean, even though it was tough, but just like, you know, realizing, Hey, you know, I got, I got to, might have a short span to do this and you know, I, who knows when it's going to happen. So you get off your ass and get it done. I mean, and, and I, I still live, live to it this day. I mean, I think about it all the time and it's just, yeah, I mean, that kind of turned me into who I am, I think really in the end. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's whether you're pounding a nail or building a house, you, you give your 110% or riding a bull, right? It's just, uh, it's what, it's who you are. Yeah. You know, and I've always said, I've always been super dedicated. Anybody that knows me will know that whether it's building the house, whether it's hunting or whether mm-hmm. it's doing this or doing that, I'm 110%. I, I'm not slacking in no means. I mean, I, I really don't. I like, I like to do shit right. And I like to get it done and yeah. I don't like, I don't like to be lazy. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. It is. It's crazy how loss. And at the time it, it seems like it's, fucking unsurmountable and then it just makes you grow and your heart grow and everything that just changes all aspects of of your life realizing how like you say how short it can be and and taking advantage of every situation that you can and um you hear about a lot of people that have success and it's it's never been lots of times it's not somebody who has an easy path it's people that have had to deal with shit or have been through stuff like that and um, those are the kind of people that usually find success or, or have that type of mindset that it takes to, to be successful in life, whether it's sports or just life in general outlook. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, growing up too, it's like, we never had a whole lot of nothing. We were fine, you know, but nothing over the top and you work for what you got, you know, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. there wasn't a whole lot of handouts. So I think just what, you know, the way I grew up was the same way. You know, like I said, I never, I didn't have a phone. I didn't have a TV till I was a sophomore and junior in high school. You know, so I was outside doing shit all the time, working and, you know, and playing sports and doing other things besides fucking around on a computer or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I think that's that shapes you a lot too, just the way I was grew up there and stuff. But no, I agree. When you're not getting shit handed to you all the time, you got to work for it. I think you you reap the benefits like you realize your hard work's paying off because you're getting something in the end rather than just getting free handouts all the time. No doubt about it. Yeah, fucking okay, name. Different note. I got a few good ones. I've been reaching out to a bunch of different buddies and different groups, and I mean, we got we got probably a thousand of them that we can't tell, and we let it fucking fly pretty good on this podcast. So if we can't tell them, you know, they're probably pretty extreme. But uh, Shifter was talking about the first time that that you guys traveled together, and it was more. It's not you know not a crazy story or anything like that, but about how just the person that you are, and, and was saying that. If you don't like Bow Hill, you better go look in the mirror and figure out what's wrong with you because everybody likes fucking Bow Hill. <laughs> um, but he said the first time you guys went together, do you remember uh, in somewhere in California, you had a little kishbowl and you got wiped out and and uh, he was making funny and laughing on the back of the shoots and all these other guys were going to fucking whoop his ass because they thought that he was making funny on the back of the shoots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, we... I mean, yeah, Scott and I, we, we traveled together for a lot of years and shit, you know, obviously up there, he's, you know, well down here anywhere, but everybody knows who Scott is and we had a lot of fun together. And yeah. So yeah, he, it was pretty fun traveling with him and going to all these different places. There's no doubt about it, but yeah, we, we got into some predicaments for sure here and there. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what about Alaska? The Alaska trip always gets brought up on this, on this podcast a few times from JB and a couple of different guys, but, uh, you guys went, Torque said you guys went and, uh, you, 
uh, wanted to see the site, so you went a little bit early. I had to be a wild fucking time up there. <laughs> yeah, I got some buddies that lived up there, and they were out of town. So shit, Torque and Tyler T and I, and I think uh, we ended up picking up Shane Proctor and shit. I can't remember who was all with us, but yeah, we got super fucked up. You know, we're at the Bush <laughs> Company up there, and Proctor Proctor was flying in, and we were about too fucked up to get to the airport, but we made it picked up shane and he was just like holy shit what's wrong with you boys <laughs> it didn't take him long he caught up and oh yeah man that was a, that was a pretty wild wild trip a lot of is bush that, lights and is that what did uh, blade did blade didn't blade young hit like oh, go yeah, through blade, a window yeah, or blade, what happened to him got a little fight outside the parking lot and he got a <laughs> necklace ripped off and shit we were yeah there was fists flying and blood <laughs> all over down <laughs> torque and i were down in the down in this ditch beating on this one guy pretty good and i got kind of tired i was getting a little wore out so i had to like take team him in i had to go sit down and have a rest <laughs> I, I told torque i said fuck dude you gotta open your eyes or you're gonna get hit <laughs> yeah, all true all yeah. true i said he was saying that lots of this um the memories that he had was always you taking care of him. And he was very thankful for that babysitting. Him. <laughs> you were always dork? good at that. Yeah. Dork. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, something about Mexico. And you, when you talked Val into letting you guys go out on the town in Mexico. Yeah. yeah that was a pretty good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He needed some babysitter that day for sure. I, he might still be lost down there somewhere. I'm not sure if it had meant for me, but no, we made her home. <laughs> <laughs> you always are pretty good at good tolerance everybody else would lose lose their bones lose all composure myself included and bo was always fucking he was just he was right there he was just as wrecked out as all of us but you, you could always take care of yourself and all of us the dad yeah. of the group for sure well you know i, I remember uh I remember when I was your guys' age, you know, at that time. So I'm sure somebody was looking out for me too. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. The circle, the, the, circle. the circle of life. Yeah. 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 The circle of rodeo life. Um, they uh the the hiatus from the NFR. It was ten years in between times that you went to the NFR, right? Yep. Two thousand four, yeah. two thousand fourteen, I think. Fuck. So that's should be. I think it's that's probably a record in itself as well. Just people to even last that long as in a career of ten years, and then to make the NFR that long apart. Does that stand out as you as a highlight of your career, or was that just everyday shit for you? No, I think that last year I made the finals. Probably one of the highlights of my career. I mean. I, you know, obviously in between that, I wasn't just sitting at home. I was riding bulls, you know, so when I was kind of going to those PBRs and whatnot and kind of do a little bit of both, but, um, yeah, that was, you know, I was with Wes and Ty and, and Garrett Smith and, and Steve Wolsey that year. We were kind of, and, you know, and a few people jumping in here and there, but that was kind of our main crew. And I guess I kind of had a shot there at the end of the year and, and everybody else, uh, you know, kind of pulled out and didn't do it, but. You know, I think I talked Ty into coming to a few rodeos with me and Steve buckled up. They all did kind of jumped in here and there and helped me out going down the road. But I did a lot of traveling with the kids that year too, just throwing them in and taking them with me. But, you know, that was, yeah, that was a huge accomplishment to me just because I don't think anybody really expected me to do it. And I didn't even know if I really expected to do it because my wrist was hurt and I was, mm-hmm. I was pretty banged up that whole year, but it all worked out in the end. And yeah, I think that was definitely one of my, my most memorable 
finals for sure. Yeah, that's freaking huge. It was a huge accomplishment for you, but it was more on social media everywhere else. It was just everybody was so pumped yeah. to see it, to see that come fucking to fruition, right? That, that that happened and just shows, I guess, the guy that you are. Everybody was everybody was more excited for you than they would be for themselves lots of the times. You know, that's pretty, pretty awesome to. Yeah, no, that was cool. That. I got so many phone calls. I remember, you know, I remember just Wes just checking in with me all the time at every rodeo, like right afterwards. Oh, man, you got you, you got it. I'm in, I'm, I yeah. want some money and can't remember where it was, but I won a big chunk in Fort Madison or something, which is, or not Fort Madison, but shit. So Kansas city or one of those rodeos. But anyway, I told him I'd won, you know, 5,000 or something. And he goes, shit, yeah. man, you got it. You got it. You know, and like, like you said, he was just super pumped. He was like, so happy for me. And yeah, it makes the guy feel pretty, pretty good. You got good friends and everybody's, you know, texting you and calling you and they're like, holy shit, you're how old? You know, <laughs> I think I was 30. 36 37 or whatever it was but 36 yeah. maybe oh that's cool i guess one thing that we do gotta that we gotta talk about also and not the funnest things to talk about but you talked about that last year of making it and then uh all of us getting to travel together and you got to be good friends all of us and with ty and um losing him i know not just for yourself but for your family your boys and, and lakaya and everybody that he was a part of the family for you and um, is there memories or, or what stands out for you mostly when you, when you think of, of Ty? Oh, you know, I, I mean, just like pretty much babysitting him, like one of my kids pretty much. I mean, <laughs> he, he, you know, he, he was closer to their age than he was me, you know? And, and, uh, you know, it was just fun traveling with you guys all the time too, just being younger. It kind of keeps your, you know, your enthusiasm up and, you know, you get a little fresh, fresh uh you know like this kid's got a little more go you know and you get older and i kind of get a little smarter i'm gonna turn out you ain't tie me ain't gonna turn out you know don't be a pussy you know or whatever yeah. you know? yeah, yeah, you yeah. keep pushing you keep pushing you but you know i just remember ties just being you know with my family just you know i'd take the time and he, he'd think he was more excited to get home than me back here a lot of times just so he could play with the kids and you know buck them yeah. up, buck them up, do whatever you know i mean and that was that was always pretty fun, just how how nice he was to the kids, and they you know they still talk about him, you know to this day. And actually, uh, Jason and I just oh. got to meet down in Mexico for Ty, so yeah, just, uh, okay. down in Florida. I mean, just just the last two weeks ago or whatever. So yeah. Jason's first tattoo, and I it was kind of funny because I sent a picture to to Leanne about with uh, Jason's tattoo, and she texts me back and she's like that's funny she goes that was ty's first tattoo yeah. and he never would show me i said she said i finally saw it one day <laughs> and he said and he, and he said he goes oh don't worry mom he goes i rub my hands together enough it'll probably wear off in about <laughs> <years>. <laughs> yeah uh, shit. Uh, for those that can't see it it's a it's a mustache tattoo on your finger so you hold your finger up and it's a yeah fake mustache on your finger uh, yeah. but yeah you know i mean yeah 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 it's pretty cool how i mean you know there's people everybody just remembers ty and just the way he was and and he i think he we got along so well too because i i kind of feel like he was a lot like me just kind of quiet and pretty humble and and uh just getting the job done and you know to have you know you can go fuck around and have fun but when it gets down to it you're here for one thing and that's that's to win 
Yeah. He was good at that. You guys both, yeah, fucking good at it. Well, I know for us, too, it was a lot of, like I said, we weren't sure what we were getting into when we were hopping in with you, just being young and not really knowing <laughs> anybody at that time, and then couldn't have fucking hopped in with a better guy that, like you say, we fit each other's lifestyles and, and bull riding-wise and wanting to go. Yeah, I just couldn't have, couldn't have worked out any better than that. It was a lot of fun over the years. Short yeah, time I know. Had, but it was good. Yeah, for sure. And I'll, I'll never forget it. You know, it's like this, uh, one of those things that those always, always, always remember that stuff. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Hey, what about the horse on the interstate? You got to tell us the story behind the horse on the interstate. What are we, <laughs> you got that one? Shit, Scott and I, Scott and I were in like <laughs> Southern California, I think San Bernardino or somewhere down in there. One of those rodeos, you know, Southern California, we're trying to make it back up to Seattle to my cousin's place we were gonna just go hang out there for a couple of days it must have been before Pialp or something and uh we had stopped and made it all the way to Oregon just drove our asses off and stopped and slept for a few hours and shit I got up and driving Scott's old Dodge and he had the boot in the back obviously the free camper so you could just crawl through the big back window and I jumped up front start driving well kind of foggy and rainy and just how it is over there on the west coast and kind of dark and the shit i'm cruising down there and we have the old abs fuse out of there so the you know the miles weren't cranking up on the old dodge there <laughs> and, uh, well anyway fuck i'm kind of half tired still and kind of foggy and shit i all of a sudden i see these fucking hooves in front of me on the interstate and i'm fucking cranking on her and shit i slam on the brakes while the old brakes lock up we're going sideways. Scott ends up in the back seat and, and, uh, and he's all, you know, wakes up how Scott does about half pissed off. What the fuck's going on? And I was like, fucking horse. Fuck <laughs> this some bitch, he's all sweated up and running down the interstate for a while. We finally went, we ended up running him off the off ramp there and shit. Poor bastard probably went in the trees and died or something. But <laughs> probably better, probably better him than us. Cause holy shit. We were going sideways. Like, can't believe i kept the some bitch on the road but yeah it was, that was a pretty good one oh <laughs> uh, that's fucking gold uh the the early days uh we got to mention him because we stayed at his house quite a bit but uh you went with um lane mccallson and that crew for for quite some times right you still keep in touch with with lane and and them guys wasn't cody hancock oh, yeah, around a lot at that casey, time too you know, yeah lane and casey you know and cody yep. Cody Hancock and all them, Jason McLean, all them boys. Yeah, that's kind of who we ran around with back in the day in Scuba Steve. And that was kind of our crew there for a while. And yeah, I mean, shit. Yeah, I keep in touch with with them guys, all them guys still, you know, not as much as we probably should, but, you know, we still talk and text and whatever and Snapchat and do all that stuff. But I don't remember. Were you with us? Did you ever stay with at Lane's place with us? Oh, yeah. Yeah. jamming guitars, rock and roll, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was always a lot of fun. Oh, oh, I used to call him L.A. You know, this is kind of a funny story because we're, we're holy shit, this is a good one. We're down in, uh, and everybody always thought I'd call him L.A. because his first two, you know, letters yeah. of his name are L.A., but no, that's not the case. So we're, we're, we're in Red Bluff one year in Clovis, California, and shit we'd been on a heater for a while and both riding in in the nightlife and but and hanging out and laying jamming on the guitar and whatever well we're leaving i think we're leaving red bluff headed south somewhere and we pull out on the interstate and I, i'm like fuck you see a sign you know it says los angeles 200 miles or whatever and i'm like fuck la's only 200 miles then he goes 
L.A.? I go, yeah, Los Angeles. He goes, L.A. and Los Angeles mean the same thing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, fuck yeah, as far as I know, bud. Where you been, bud? So ever since that day, I called him L.A. L.A.? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you guys wouldn't have had any fun. Holy shit. And there's probably not any appropriate ones. Yeah. Is there? Do you got any good Cody Hancock stories for us? I've heard oh, some. Yeah, dude, I got little... too many. But yeah, I mean, yo, Cody, yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember one time. I think we were in was that maybe that same trip. We're somewhere, and uh, I think it was in. Oh, it was in Clovis. Is that where they have the PBR too? Yeah, Clovis, and Clovis is. Clovis. Yeah. There's a little bar tucked in somewhere off out there ways, and I come, I come walking out of there, and. and Cocker's just throwing these beer bottles out of the back of this guy's truck at the front door. Everybody's coming out after the bar closed, just yelling at these guys. And he's just throwing these beer bottles and stuff. And we 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 jumped in uh oh the announcer there, Wayne Brooks. He had yeah. a Cadillac there. These guys were gonna kill him. And I'm I'm trying to shove him in the back seat. We're all piled in there and we're taking off and there he's got the window down and he's yelling and he's he's laying on the floor of course hiding under everybody and these guys are swinging in through the door and and, and wayne's just hammers down on that thing and runs a couple red lights and we're out of there and holy shit yeah <laughs> Cody. he was next Cody, level hey he, he would always yeah he oh man yeah he was a wild one you had to be on your toes when this stuff was going down there we're one night we we're in Houston, headed back to our motel room, and he would just pull up the stoplight downtown Houston. He bails out of the car, runs over, and starts pulling all these like landscaping plants out of the things <laughs> by the stoplight, chucking them out in the middle of the inter- intersection there and stuff. You know, I'm like, come on, Cody, what are you doing? <laughs> oh man, yeah, it was always always a good time for sure. Oh shit! Oh, <laughs> so you still uh. I ran into you at the world finals a couple of years back. You were still doing some stuff for, for Jack Daniels. Uh, are you still, for those that don't know, involved with Jack Daniels with bull riding now that, that, uh, the jury's kind of getting into it. You see yourself coming back into, into the bull riding realm or, or what's your status right now with the whole rodeo bull riding world? Uh, you know, I don't really, I'm not really too involved. I guess I, I'll go down to the, nfr and stuff still and jack daniels i'll still go down and do some stuff for him just as an ambassador for him now not so much a sponsor but go down and you know get paid to do some things for them and you know they're some of the best people i've ever met to keep me around and just you yeah. know shit nobody nobody even knows who i am anymore you know down there signing autograph oh you rode today yeah shit i rode i didn't do any good <laughs> it's just easier to say that than like oh, yeah no I, yeah I retired like 12 years ago or whatever <laughs> but, so no no they're good people and yeah i stay involved that way and try to get down and you know go to the nfr a couple times and then that but other than that with rodeo not a whole lot i go to these these amateur rodeos around here with with jory and the kids or whatever and kind of give some kids help if they want it but i don't go around telling people what to do i just kind of hang to myself um you know you guys know me i'm not one going around telling everybody how to do something so Mm -hmm. i remember you were the first one that talked about triplet matt triplet he was a young montana kid coming up he was you you always looked up to you um do you still watch like the on tv or anything anymore do you do you pay attention to the the pbr and stuff like that you know i don't i watch it very seldom but i you know obviously i follow it kind of on instagram so i see a lot of those guys riding stuff and 
Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I, I follow some kids somewhat, but you know, it's not nothing I'd set a time for to go watch it on TV if it's on. I don't even know if I get it on TV actually, but yeah. like, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely like to keep up and you know, there's a lot of kids coming up that are damn sure handy, you know, and uh, you know, you hear all these old timers all saying all the time, you know, I have shit, man, don't buck, you know, like these, <laughs> <laughs> these kids these days are, are fucking amazing. I mean, they're, there's i kids i haven't met you know but i'd like to meet them but shit they're damn handy and they're they're good at what they do and they're i think these these kids are taking a little more serious now for the most part some of them are and you still mm-hmm. got some old school motherfuckers out there but yeah but uh you know i mean they're, yeah. they're it's a different the bulls are you know the, you can't tell me they're not ranker now than they were when i was riding i mean they are because right. they are i mean they are they're they're just more consistent. It seems like every, every year it's just stepping the game up more and more and more. And, and it's, and I'm not saying it back in, you know, when, when I was in my prime, we wouldn't have been that good if we would have had the same bull mm-hmm. power we do. Cause we damn sure had good bulls. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, yeah. but it just seems like that they're just stepping it up every year and it's making people better. I mean, it is, it's, yeah. it's, it's cool to see. It's fun to see. What do you think? Of, I'm sure you've seen it on, instagram and shit like that but this whole new team aspect that's coming here in in uh fuck a month i guess what do you think uh, of that would that have helped you in your career you think or would that be something you'd be interested in man you know i don't really know i know they kind of they were thinking about trying to do something like that for a while back kind of that when i was going still and it never really worked out i mean they talked about it never really kind of got it going but i mean i i kind of see where they're going here with i think just for you know, the, the more merchandise and, you know, mm-hmm. we got more pick your side, this kind of thing, pick your team and, and maybe get more people involved so they can kind of understand what's going on a little better. I mean, I, I'm not really too sure, but I mean, I think it'll take some time, but in the long run, I think it, it might work out. I, and I don't know any, how, how the riders are getting paid, if they're signing contracts or if they're going to get paid more money. I haven't really looked into any of that, but I mean, how about you? Do you know how that works? Yeah, they're gonna get contracts and stuff like that, yeah. and this is gonna be around like other major sports, I guess. So, yeah. oh, I was just thinking, brought it up to you because I was like, "Fuck, you're still in good shape, bro. You can get on yeah. ten a year. They might be giving <laughs> you a call." <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that whoopah I might get on, but some of them <laughs> might wreck me out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see. We talk about it quite a bit on on uh, on here. The different aspects that it's gonna have. It's gonna be cool, I think. And like the guys are gonna get guaranteed money and stuff. And uh, um, and I think that's a runner, I mean, less bulls, you know, to be able to less bulls, more money. And yeah. I think that's the way it should be. I mean, and I think just these the contracts, these guys are going to be getting and hopefully they're going to get paid more. Cause I think they deserve to get paid more. And I, I feel like, I feel like over the years, it seems like a lot of, you know, the Cowboys kind of get taken advantage of quite a bit when it comes to sponsorships, this and that, because a lot of them don't know how to deal with that sort mm-hmm. of thing or, they just know they can get away with it because, Oh, they're getting a hell of a lot more money. This, even though they're not getting treated fair, it's more money than they yeah. were making. Yeah. But I think at some point it's this, maybe will change it where then people are getting paid what they're supposed to be getting paid. And hopefully it keeps getting better and they, and they deserve to be getting paid that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think the key factor there too, Bo is it's guaranteed money, you know, initially. Yeah. So that, yeah. I mean, if you were going, Still to this day, if you knew you were setting out the season at a guaranteed 80,000, that would take a lot of the home pressure or just pressure of life period, 
not always wondering if you're going to make the next power bill. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it would be nice yeah. money to have in the bank. No. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that's huge. I mean, that's, you know, you, obviously when you, you, when you're good enough, you're getting those good sponsors where you, you know, you're getting that year money mm-hmm. guaranteed. But when you're adding on a salary to that, that's, that's a great yeah. salary. I mean, shit. Yeah. That's a, that's a win-win. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it to me. I think it's, I think it's awesome. Yeah. I think it'll take some time to, to, to figure out and get the kinks lined out, but I think, yeah, hopefully it's a move in the right direction for the guys. And yeah. we, we've always talked about that, you know, Bo and, and over the years and all the guys talk about it, that we are kind of second fiddle when it comes to, to what, what's important on the, on yeah. the tour. So I think it's getting to be where it's, we're going to be the, the, the main, the main prize now, hopefully. So yeah, we'll and I mean, I, still not against it to this day some sort of a union or something where these guys are kind of getting protected and i know it's been talked about for years and years and it's never happened but i mean i don't know that it's the right idea or not but at some point they the riders got to be protected somehow and, and be getting treated fairly for sure it is it is crazy though this this sport that we've been involved in for so many years that the most important part of it like you said tatter is is probably the most overlooked, right? Um, well, you watched last weekend. They've had fucking the the last two weekends. They've had 15 15s both mm-hmm. days. So these guys have had to get on four 15 15 rounds in the last nine days. And you just killed fucking three of your top guys off. It's the only sport where you really kill off your, your top guys for the yeah. TV ratings, which we get into lots. And it was going good for a while, but now they're trying to fill it in right now with all this stuff that's going on. But so hopefully with this team aspect and then you have these these owners, and then you get signed by this team. Well, now that that guy that owns that team is going to take care of you and not not let you fucking get on that many bulls or whatever it might be because he needs you for the season like other sports like hockey and baseball where so, yeah you so could exploit take, take these total points from everybody throughout the season and that's how they're going to win it as a team so how are they going to have a world champion whoever has the most points two, how- two separate seasons so there's one season oh. that's your normal regular season like right Stop. now and it okay. ends in may so they're going to crown a world champion in may and then the team series starts from May to November. So it's two separate so, seasons so now. Your world championship, you're you're not getting on half the bulls you, you used to. Yeah, this year. Like, yeah. yeah. Well they're trying to they're trying to shove it in. <laughs> they're trying to shove it in. <laughs> yeah. To get them on I, it I, right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you're getting on seven you're getting a lot. this week. Yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. I just wanted to get your opinion because you're a guy that's been through it all and like i say right from the 90s to 2000s to now i've watched it and seen it all and seen the sport grow and been a part of it also did you like rodeo or, or uh, the pbrs more or what is it just a whatever that time in your career felt like you know i i guess i enjoyed a little bit of, of both and you know just kind of dependent i i kind of like the freedom of being on the road and doing that thing rodeoing and but obviously i like you know, flying somewhere and guaranteed you're getting on some, some rank ass bulls too. And, you know, I, people ask, that's like a, you know, I, I get that question asked yeah. so much and I, I guess it's, I, I don't really know. I think I just enjoyed riding bulls yeah, and, I, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and it didn't matter where I was or where, where I was at. And I kind of, I felt like I adapted well to wherever I was at, to the competition, to this or that, you know, and, and I, I, when I made that switch to the PBR and it was just something I wanted to do myself to prove to myself, you know, and it's, it, it's hard. And I think a lot of these rodeo cowboys, I think they really could have a, a good career in the PBR, but when you get 
all these qualifications built up, it's hard to step away mm-hmm. and start as a rookie again and try to build your way up. So I think mm-hmm. uh, that was that was hard for me to do, but it was something that I wanted to do, you know, because I wanted to test myself. I want to see where I sit with these guys. I was tired of hearing all the bullshit. Oh, these guys can't do this, can't do that. Well, you know, I wanted to go prove to myself what I could do and, you know, see how, see how good I really was. So, I mean, I don't know. But anyway, I, I I liked them both. I liked riding bull. It didn't matter where I was. Didn't matter what point you're at. No, I mean, no. that's cool. Yeah. Um. Well, we've already been going for over an hour, but I uh. Fuck yeah! Doesn't I got seem like fun. it. No, I know it's fun. Like it. <laughs> so much fun. I wanted to ask you one more story that I thought would be a fun one to listen to. Would be Scuba Scoob in his uh in his underwear in Rapid City. Yeah, tell us that story. Scuba <laughs> Steve's a legend, as as probably yeah. most of our listeners know, but some don't know Scuba Steve, Steve Turner. But that sounds like a yeah. Good story. <laughs> well, shoot, I think I can't remember. I know there are Jody Turner, Scuba. I'm pretty sure Blade, maybe Garth Scott myself uh i think i don't can't even really remember who else but i know those guys were there we were leaving rapid city headed back to fort worth and uh old scooby'd been on the sauce a little bit you know i think we stopped in and maybe watched the super bowl might have been the super bowl sunday i think we got kicked out of the bowling alley somewhere wherever we were scuba took off running down the lane and uh slipping and sliding everywhere and just dove head first for the pins (laughs) <laughs> and just lays in there and starts swatting him over with his hand. And that guy, the guy comes running down, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Freaking out. You know, he's like, you guys are out of here. Well, we, we jump in there and some of us jump up front. Well, I think Scooby'd had enough. He, he crawled in the camper. He's having a nap. We'll get down the road an hour or two and jump out and having a piss. Well, little Scuba jumped out the back in his underwear and it's fucking cold. You know, it's, it's winter. She's winter. She's blowing and snowing and, He's in his underwear. Oh, fuck, he starts taking off. And he thought we were fucking with him, I guess. Well, he finally realized that we, we were taking off. Well, he jumped on the back, you know, the part you jump into the camper on there. And he, he's hanging on to the, to, the, to the handle there in his underwear. You're going down the interstate trying to get back in the camper. And he calls in there. He's all pissed. You fuckers. You, you guys damn near left me. I'd have died. In his underwear out there. It would have been quite the story because his fucker probably would have died. His, his blood was probably pretty thin about that. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah gold yeah man you got freaking stories on stories i'd love to love to get you back man it's been too long um before we do wrap it up scott does have our our infamous question for the show hey man good talking to you again today it's uh like you say once we kind of leave the sport we kind of we kind of lose track of each other and uh it's good to see your smiling face again you um, too buddy this is the NFP podcast, and we have our take on it. We're just wondering what your take is. NFP. Well, no fucking <laughs> pussies, right? Is that, is that something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, like you that. know, I mean, yeah, that's just the way. I mean, that's the way you should be. I think that's the way you succeed in life. I mean, it's fucking wide open, full throttle was kind of the way I put it. Wide open, full throttle, no fucking pussies, right? I mean, do things right, do it the correct way you know, and balls out and don't half-ass stuff. You know, I mean, if you're, if you're going to be a pussy, stay home. I mean, really. And I, I think, you know, I think just don't be a pussy, be a fucking man, get shit done and be a good person, you know, and, uh, and be a good, good father, good role model when you can, 
when you can. <laughs> do your best. Yeah, do your best. Do your best. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. wide open is what I'd say. Full throttle, man. No fucking pussies. Yeah, that's awesome. cool. Yeah, a couple parting things. I'll try not to lose my bones next time I come to Montana. We can hang out, and uh, <laughs> you better come up here and hang out with us. I'll, I'll come up there when that fucking true dog is out of office. I'll come up there when that, <laughs> that happens, and I'll, I'll come across the border. They'll let me. <laughs> so, yeah. Heck yeah, brother. Cool, man. Okay, like I say, I got a bunch more stories, and we got a, a great group of people that when I said that I was getting you on that, that just had the utmost respect and were super excited to hear and had nothing but good things to say and good stories. So I think that just shows the, the guy that you are, the guy that you were to travel with on the road, not necessarily a teammate, but that's kind of like what we were back in the day, right? When you were traveling the yep. road together, we were a fucking a team and, and uh, there was no better, no better guy to have in your truck than, than you. And there's a lot of guys that, that can say that because you went with a lot of guys and helped a lot of guys throughout all their careers. So thanks for the fun times. Thanks for the great times. And we'll fucking keep making them as we go. Hell yeah. yeah. Let's do it again. We'll have to get some more down the road. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. It's good hearing your voices. I miss them. So but we'll, uh, we'll get together again one of these days. Yeah, and I just wanted to say too, man. I, I it was such a privilege to fight bulls for you all those years. And I, when I think of you, I think you're just one of the one of the Canadians. So, uh, man, it, it it was it was a lot of fun, and I got some really good memories. So, yeah, me you. too, Scotty. I'm glad you're around. You probably you probably you kept me going a couple more years too. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool, brother. Okay, yeah. Once again, thanks for everything, and uh, we'll definitely be staying in touch. We'll have to to get you back on the NFP podcast. But this has been our interview with Bo Chill. Stay alive. Go flow free like the whiskey in the bar. Sinning was the big thing, Lord, and sin was star, and there's fire on.